Hi, you're listening to the podcast of Victory Santa Rosa. We pray that this message encourages you on your journey of faith in Jesus. We are launching a new preaching series. And the title of the series is Every Tribe, Every Nation. You see, every year, we in Victory, we take two Sundays to talk about global missions, to remind us that as a church, that's God's calling. God calls us not just to one nation, but to every nation in the world. Now, we are known as Victory in the Philippines, but we're part of a global movement called Every Nation that is committed to church planting, campus ministries, and world missions. I love how we put it. Victory is our first name. Yung apurido po natin, every nation. So victory, every nation. And victory is one church in many locations. And that's why it's a joy for me. And please help me, uh, Victory Santa Rosa and Robinsons, welcome our sisters in different victory churches. Can you all stand, please? Yeah. <laughs> Even you, Patty. So we have, please um, help me welcome them, especially later with a warm Victory Santa Rosa Robinson's welcome. We have, <laughs> they're my dear, dear family, Victory Group family. They're from my different Victory Groups. Uh, one is from Victory Estancia and uh, Pasig. One is from Victory, two are from Victory Mandaluyong, one from Victory Quezon Ave, and one from Victory No Valley. So can please welcome them. Thank you so much. Yeah, so if you hear them screaming, sila yon. So don't you love it that our global movement is called Every Nation? I love it because it really represents God's heart. His heart is not just for the Philippines, but for every tribe, every nation, every tongue, every people. That's God's heart. His heart is that the world would know him and worship him. Now, our text for this Sunday and next Sunday will be coming from the Psalms. Now, you might say, huh? The Psalms? Sandali lang. This is global missions. Why the Psalms? The Psalms, hindi naman siya missions book. But wait. This is interesting. The Psalms is a collection of 150 prayers that was written as songs. And through the years, they were put together and it became like a hymn book to the Israelites back then who came back from exile. It's a new generation of Israelites. So it became their hymn book. And so interestingly, the Psalms that has 150 chapters, do you know? That 175 references, there are 175 references on God's saving plan for the nations. Can you imagine? I mean, I love the Psalms. But isn't this wonderful that out of 150 chapters, there are more references to the nations compared to the chapters. That's why a missiologist... George Peters even said this. The Psalms is one of the greatest missionary books in the world. So you think, how can a hymn book, a song book, you know, be led to missions? You see, when we worship God, 
we cannot help but absorb his very heart. And his heart is for every nation. And so, for today's text, or this afternoon's text, we are going to be reading from Psalm 65, 5 to 8. And I'd like you to please stand up. And let's read the scriptures together. So not just me, I want to hear your voices as well. We do this in reverence of God's word, okay? So Psalm 65, 5 to 8, let's start with verse 5. Okay, 1, 2, 3. By awesome deeds you answer us with righteousness, O God of our salvation, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas. The one who by his strength established the mountains, being girded with might, who stills the roaring of the seas. Sorry. Okay, we'll say it again. Who stills the roaring of the seas, the roaring of the waves, the tumult of the peoples, so that those who dwell at the ends of the earth are in awe at your signs. You make the going out of the morning and the evening to shout for joy. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father God, I just want to thank you for these amazing men and women who have traveled in spite the, you know, the notice about a, a signal, a typhoon coming in. Lord, their presence, I know, honors you. It touches my heart, but it honors you. I am blessed by their commitment to come as a church family, to come together and to receive from you. That's why, Lord, this is my prayer as we come together in this message. Open, your, open their hearts, open their minds, open their eyes that they may receive your revelation for them. We come expectant, Lord, that we will have a powerful encounter with you. Lord, our prayer is that our hearts will break with the things that break your heart. And Lord, we recognize, Father, that your heart breaks for the nations. We just want to say we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a seat. Thank you. So, Every Type, Every Nation is the title of our preaching series today, Sunday, September 25, and then October 2. So, a two-Sunday series that we talk about world missions or global missions. So, in this message this afternoon, let's journey together to answer the questions, what is missions, why missions, and how do we do missions, okay? So let's start of what is missions. I love what Woody Phillips and how he defined it. He said, when a person is sent out beyond the borders and influence of the local church to make disciples, that is missions. You see, the English word mission comes from the Latin word for sending. Okay? So as Christians from our local church, and we're part of this local church, and thank you for being part of this local church, God sends us out to our offices, to our jobs, to our businesses, to our schools, to our families. He sends us out to our friends, he sends us out that we may proclaim who he is in their lives. Now, victory was birthed through missions. Think about it. This church that you and I are part of, it was birthed 
through missions, and it will continue to grow through missions. But you might say, I'm, you know, it's kind of complicated to really, you know, memorize perhaps this definition. Okay, we'll make it simple. And this one, you can see it again and again in scripture. What is missions? This is it. Matthew 28, 18 to 19, when Jesus, this is actually called the Great Commission. It was his last commission before he ascended to heaven. And he told the disciples, and by extension to us as well, go, go make disciples of all nations. Now God's word is flawless. There's no error. So it was intentional that Jesus put the two words, all nations. You know, what happens most of the time is we just stop there. Go and make disciples. And we say, okay na tayo. We're making disciples anyway here in the Philippines. But why do you think God or Jesus had to put this, all nations? He wanted to remind you and I, and he's really telling us of his very heart, the nations. So why? Why missions? Just what I mentioned. This is God's heart. Every tribe, every nation, every tongue, every people. In fact, if this was God's heart, you know what? It's the nations. When you look into God's heart, he doesn't just have the Philippines. He has every nation in the world. In fact, in his love letter to us, the Bible I love what one missionary said. If you take missions out of the Bible, you won't have anything left but the covers. The front cover of the book or the Bible and the back cover. Yun lang. Because from Genesis to Revelation, it's about missions. It's about sending us out. We go to him, yes, and out of that we go out to make disciples. And one of the things that God wants you and I to be a mouthpiece of is this. That we would share his hope to a hopeless world. Now, you and I, we are still in this pandemic. You know, we remember, of course, March 15, 2020. I think all of us memorized that. Because that was really the start of the lockdown. And we thought, one month lang to. Akala natin two months lang to. Nako, ilang months na, naging past years pa, pandemic pa rin, lockdown pa rin. So, talk about hopelessness. All of us struggled, all of us wrestled, all of us had a difficult time with the pandemic, especially initially. And this brings to mind this quote, something that you're familiar with. Man can live about 40 days without food, three days without water, eight minutes without air, but only one second without hope. Now, we know this is poetry. It's not literal. If it was literal, then dami natin namatay nung start ng March 15, 2020. Because COVID came without any warning. We were all caught by surprise. And the world till this day is struggling with it. And so, you and I, who know the hope that is in God, should be that mouthpiece to share to a world out there 
that is hopeless, that there is hope in Jesus. There is hope in God. Now, if there was someone in Scripture that understood hopelessness, it was David. In fact, David wrote half of the Psalms. And in Psalm 65, which was written by David, he declared that God is the hope, not just for himself, but for all the ends of the earth. So let's go to the scriptures that you and I just read earlier. Because there, we will see David's declaration. David went through his ups and his downs. For those of you who do not um, know yet, are not familiar with the Bible, I really encourage you, read the Bible. Because there are characters there that you and I can relate with. And I love it that God puts that in scripture so we could say, wow, hindi lang pala ako. They also went through it. And I can relate. You can say that I can relate with them and I can find hope in their stories. David was the one who said, why so downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God. And so in Psalm 65, what does he say? By awesome deeds, you answer us with righteousness. O God of our salvation, the hope, I love that, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas. David declared God not as just his personal hope, but the hope of all the ends of the earth, of the nations. So this begs the question, why can all the ends of the earth, why can the nations put their hope in God? Why? We'll find this out in the next verses, the ones we just read earlier. So why? Point number one. David continues in verse 6, the one who by his strength established the mountains being girded with might. Now in other translations of the Bible, the word establish, they gave another word, formed, found, installed. So what is David declaring his, here? He's declaring God. He is the creator. He is the creator, and when you talk about God being a creator, you are understanding his power. His power. Think about it. When God in Genesis said, let there be light. That's how he formed the, the world, the heavens and the earth, just by his voice, and it happened. Isn't that powerful? And not only did David declare, that's why we can have hope in God, and he could be the hope for the nations because he is that creator. He is that power, powerful God. But in verse 7, we read, He stills the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, and the tumult of the peoples. Now, we're facing, as I understand, a signal number four. And so, and you know, we in the Philippines, we all understand typhoons. So perhaps you have witnessed the roaring of the seas because of the typhoons. Or perhaps you just saw it at the news, in the news, or you saw it in movies. So you understand, wow, the roaring of the seas, the roaring of the waves, the tumult of the people. Wow, God is in control. He is in control. So when I saw those two aspects of why we can put hope in God, he is a creator. He is in control. It brought me to a very powerful verse in Jeremiah. 
when Jeremiah declared in Jeremiah 32, 17, Ah, sovereign Lord. When you say sovereign, he is in control. Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth. He is the creator. By your great power and outstretched arm, and I love this, nothing is too hard for you. Isn't this a beautiful declaration? And it's something that you and I could use in our prayer to God. Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. That's why you and I can have hope in God. He is in control. He is the creator. But there's more. Because when we put our hope in God, look at the beautiful result. In Psalm 65 verse 8, in the NLT version, it says, Those who live at the ends of the earth stand in awe of your wonders. From where the sun rises to where it sets, you, which is the Lord, you, which is God, you inspire shouts of joy. And so, the result in putting our hope in God is joy. Isn't this great news that when we put our hope in God and then bring that to the nations and encourage them to put their hope in God because He is a creator, He is in control, there is joy. Which leads me to another powerful verse. Ah, oh, gosh, isn't the Bible just amazing? Powerful words. In fact, Scripture says that the Bible is, al God's Word is alive, it's active, it's living. I love that it says, and this is a beautiful prayer for you and I. I pray that God, the source of hope, even just that alone is so beautiful to embrace. God, the source of hope. It's God who's the source of hope. Not our government, not the government officials, okay? not you know, our relationships, not even our marriages, not even our families, not our bosses, not our business, not our jobs. It's God who is the source of hope. And I love it says, we'll fill you completely with what? Joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you and I will overflow with beautiful, confident hope. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. And perhaps, like me, at one time especially, you're saying, wait. You s scripture tells me God is in control. He is the creator. But my experience doesn't say so. You're saying, it doesn't seem, based on my experience, that God is in control. It seems like COVID is in control. It seems like corruption is in control. And you're saying, wait a minute, wait. Scripture says this about who God is, but my experience says the opposite. I also went through a very dark time. And I was already a missionary at that. I prayed earnestly to God for a certain prayer request. And you know, he didn't answer 
in the way I wanted. And I was angry. I resented God. Nagkaroon po ako ng tampo. No? Malaking tampo against God. And I saw my heart hardening. Really hardening. It was a very difficult time. But God in His love and His mercy really helped me journey out of that dark time. And I love what someone said because again, we know Him to be this in Scripture, but our experience says the opposite. And I love what someone said. Never, okay, he says, bring your experience up to the standard of Scripture. Never reduce Scripture to the level of your experience. And they say picture's worth a thousand words. So here is a picture of what I just uh, quoted. You know, you see this in theme parks or yung, yung uh, carnivals. I think it's called the sledgehammer. Think about it. Here is the standard of scripture that tells who God is. He's the creator. He is in control. He's the God of hope. But our experience is that little ball there. We don't, we're not supposed to let scripture go down to our experience. Quite the opposite. We want that experience to go up to the standard of scripture. How? Through this hammer. But how is that spiritually? Repent. I had to come to the Lord and I had to repent. And I had to say, Lord, please forgive me. Forgive me for my unbelief. Forgive me of my anger. Forgive me of my resentment. Forgive me of my big tampo against you. You see, the Lord, we can really come to Him with our anger, with our grief, with our pain. I love that we could come to him at just as we are, but he loves us too much. He doesn't want us to stay as we are. But you know what? The enemy, we have the enemy of our souls. You know what he does? He wants us to feel all these emotions so that we could turn our back against God and be in isolation. And you know, if the devil can isolate you, he can influence you. So whatever you're feeling like me, yung tampo, yung resentment, yung anger, disappointment against God, we tell it to Him. We don't isolate, we don't turn our backs because He wants to hear all that. And so we repent, Lord, please forgive me. And I remember a story in the gospel when this man of a demon-possessed boy cried out to Jesus to heal his son and Jesus said, do you believe? And I love his answer. I believe. Help me with my unbelief. You and I can do that to God. Lord, I believe. But help me with my unbelief. That's better to do that than to turn our back against him and in isolation wallow in our emotions. Emotions in and of self are not right or wrong. It's what we do with those emotions that determine rightness or wrongness. And so you then, after you repent, declare. Declare who he is, his character, his attributes. Like Psalm 65, David, Lord, you're the hope of all the ends of the earth. Lord, you're the creator. 
Lord, you are in control. Lord, when we put our hope in you, there's joy. Declare who he is. And that's why the Psalms is there. But you can also say, Lord, uh, I don't understand this, but there's nothing wrong with you, Lord. Now, again, God is that hope for our hopelessness. But again, his heart is not just for us in the Philippines, but for every nation. And so, how to join God's mission? Or in other words, how do we bring hope to the nations? How? Well, I love what this other missionary, Henry Martin, says. The spirit of Christ is a spirit of missions. The nearer we get to him, the more intensely missionary we become. And so, my dears, it is not just me who is a missionary here in this space. Each one of you is a missionary. As you come closer to him, you cannot help but absorb his heart for the nations. So the closer you get to him, the intensely missionary you and I become. So how do we join God's mission? Three words. Pray, give, go. Everybody, can you say this with me? Pray, give, go. Let's say it again. Pray, give, go. Thank you. So number one, pray. Be a prayer missionary. You are missionaries. You are being sent out. And once again, not just to the Philippines, but the nations of the world. Pray for other nations out there. And you might say, oh, but I'm not the type of person who prays three hours a day, four hours a day, lock myself in a room. Don't worry. Not many people are like that. Some are, and we praise God for them, and we thank them for the gift of intercession. But you know what? You and I could do minute to win it. What's wrong with just a minute of prayer? Because the power is not on the person who prays, but the God behind the prayer. So minute to win it. When you are eating Japanese food, minute to win it. Pray for Japan. You're eating Thai food, minute to win it, pray it, pray for Thailand. You're eating Korean food, or you watch K-drama, or watch uh, BTS, K-pop, twice. Pray for Korea. We can do it, and moms, dads, you can teach your children to pray. Years back, when the kids were small, you know, we even taught them to pray for Justin Bieber, for Britney Spears. You know, pray, that's what you're going beyond borders, and you're praying for these people. Next, give. Be a financial missionary. Thank you, my dears, for your giving. Because of your giving, we now have 196 Filipino missionaries in 38 nations. Isn't that amazing? And we just had the School of World Missions in 2022. They just graduated. So 10 graduates to six nations, Dubai, India, Macau, Thailand, Qatar, and the Philippines reaching out to the Muslims. But look, in the world, United Nations recognizes 195 or six nations. Guess what? 81, we as every nation are already in, but we still have 114 to go. But it can be accomplished when we become 
financial missionaries. And finally, go. Be a missioner. That's what we call those who go on a short-term missions. Or a missionary, which is long-term. Now, next year, good news. Our 10 days mission, okay, which is our short-term mission. We're going to 10 nations. Isn't that amazing? So pray about it. These are the nations that you can go. I pray that God is steering your heart saying, go now. You might say, ah, oh, Miss Sandra, I'm not really led there. Don't worry. God is creative. He has creative ways. In fact, in 2018, in my victory group, my Sunday victory group, which is composed of single, uh, single young professionals, okay? Single professionals. Most of them are able to go to countries to visit as a tourist. So God steered my heart. Why not come up with a victory group missions exposure trip? I told them, do not raise money. You do that when you're in 10 days missions. I said, no, trust God that you will get a bonus. Trust God that you'll have savings and you can go. So out of our victory group, then six of us, six of us were able to go. And so that was taken in the airport. And you might say, oh, but I don't teach. I can't teach. I can't preach. Don't worry. Because you know what I let them do? I just let them talk. Talk to our brothers and sisters in our Every Nation Church. Now, I'm sure you can talk and you can eat, right? So talk and eat. That's all they did. But it really blessed. And what I love about my victory group, those who could not go, guess what? They put their monies together to bless the church. So we were messengers and we brought the money. Now, some of you, you know, God's going to, things are opening up now. A number really wants to go to Korea. Why not be a missionary there by praying as you go shopping? Praying as you go to the tourist spots. Pray that God's presence will be in that nation. Or, guess what? God is really creative. Sheena is here. Sheena has always wanted to be a missionary in the traditional sense. But God never opened the doors. But God is creative. Sheena won a full scholarship to, and took masters in Japan. And you know, in the two years that she was there, nations came because it was an international university of Japan. So nations came to her. She was able to reach out, build friendship, pray for them. And because of technology, she's still able to connect with them. And the wonderful thing is someone in our victory group who's now here also was able to visit her in Japan. So, Patty, I trust that when God sends you back to Japan or later in Korea this year, wherever your foot would tread, claim it for the Lord. And I know there are very, God is a creative God. Ask God. Lord, how can I touch the nations for you? How can I have your heart for the nations? Ask him, and he will birth wonderful ideas. One of them, Hazel, is here, and I know she is an, can I say it, influencer. She has streaming, and when she's in the streaming, she is able to touch nations. That's one way. Maybe you're going to be an OFW. Think of yourself as a missionary there. Not just a worker. 
but God's worker. So, pray, give, and go. Let's say that again. Pray, give, and go. That's how you and I can bring hope to the nations and tell them This has been the Victory Santa Rosa podcast. To see more church updates, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Victory Santa Rosa.